Hey, Sabri. What should we do on today's podcast? The same thing we do every podcast, James. Try to save the world. It's Aubrey and James. It's Aubrey and James. One is a jock. The other plays games. Welcome, everybody, back to episode eight of Two Fools Save the World. Coming back eight episodes straight in, and we are up in our game a little bit. So what's really cool, I found an also a really cool mod, and I hooked up my co-host with it as well. We're doing some really fun mods. We got... Voices! I'm so excited that I freaking found this. Thanks for introducing me. You forgot <laughs> about your co-host, bro. I'm so excited it's that we got voices and everything right now, dude. I'm like, I'm so hyped that we actually get the chance to do things. We stepping up the game. Dude, this feels like... I feel like we're like kind of somewhat legit. I can't get over you didn't introduce me. Do <laughs> you want to play again? <laughs> well, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> You're like, not really. I want to do the podcast, is what I want to do. <laughs> right? So we need to do a podcast. Stop having fun. We've been having I, fun for the past hour. I know. What's hilarious, you know, as we, as me and Sabri start doing, uh, we normally talk to each other for like a good, maybe like 10 to 15 minutes sometimes, even though it turns out to be like, this time it's been like an hour. But mostly we're just kind of fucking around. We're calling it kind of like the behind the scenes type of thing, and hopefully uh, we can add that as an extra feature like later on down the line thinking ahead but when i first barely i barely got this software that i found maybe about two or three days ago and i was looking for like different ways to kind of like improve the quality that we're doing and i found a really cool software it's called voice mod uh, it's free which is you know the perfect price as well <laughs> and it's really cool it does everything that i wanted it to do i wanted it to you know to be able to like mess around with different voices that sound effects so i'm so stoked that we got this i feel like that we're we're, we're making it man we're doing it little buddy we're making it free is perfect <laughs> as you can see we both of us got it so it's pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no no for sure it's cool i'm i'm happy about it yeah it's just kind of us dicking around for the past hour and a half not doing what we should have been but whatever you know just fools being fools that's how it is Pretty aside nice. from the really with the cool awesome software and stuff that we found yep yeah, it's still the same we're still in lockdown corona's still out there I think uh, we announced, I think the last episode that we did that California said that they're probably going to be in shit for another at least three months for towards the end of the summer when they start lifting a little bit to be yeah. a little bit kind of like more quote unquote normal. Uh, things are starting to like lighten up a little bit though. I feel like people are, well not people, but the government and people, they're starting to lift the mandates up a little bit. They're letting, it's like, you know, okay, you're, you're good enough. Like you've been good for like, you know, last week. So it's like, you know, everybody says we're grounded. Right. So I feel like it is, you know, we listening, we're good behavior. So they're going to give us a little bit more. Okay. You can now go out to eat the restaurants or you can now, you know, go shopping. You can now whatever, watch a movie or go to a movie theaters, even though it's probably going to be a lot longer when that opens up. So little by little, it's, it's starting to open up a little bit. That's exactly how it feels too. Like, Hey, we're good behavior. It's like, oh, okay, good behavior. Uh, go to a nail salon. Bad behavior. Close the beaches. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it feels. Uh, I mean, they just kind of like another things they're trying to, you know, give more incentives for people who are like out of work. I heard there's even trying to do like a, a second stimulus package from what I read. Yeah, it actually passed, but I don't know. It's kind of a bummer because all the stuff on the table that they could have passed they rejected like everything 
like there was like this hero um, thing that was getting that got voted down instantly, where they were gonna pay off healthcare um, student loans, which would have been amazing, good sign of respect to the people in the healthcare field. They were gonna do a tax one where where they reduced the taxes that got uh, shot down. They were gonna do a big stimulus package where it was gonna be like ten to twenty thousand for a specific fields of work that got shot down and then essentially what they agreed upon was everyone's getting 1200 it's almost like the first one except kids are worth 1200 now too instead of 500 and i think it's up to 6000 max that you could get oh wow for family yeah so i wonder if that counts if people you're pregnant People are going to be knocking boots yeah. really quick to get that extra. I'm like, come on, maybe it's worth twelve hundred. Let's do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> there's a sperm in her belly. It has to count yeah. for something. Yeah, like my shit's worth money now. Let's go, sperm. <laughs> yeah, so all the, all the stuff that uh, could have passed, that was the one that did. So what that tells me is they kind of there. There's probably something behind the scenes where, like, just like last time, the big businesses got saved. So someone else is probably going to get saved. And this was probably pure strictly on a vote basis to try to win over votes. Well, the last it's... the last one that I felt, and when they gave out the 1200 and, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm appreciative for the 1200 but the way that I saw that, I thought that was more... They gave people $1,200 to thinking that they'll spend that $1,200. Like, it's more to kind of, like, jumpstart the economy. And I almost feel like this is kind of the same thing they're given, you know, 1200 bucks to say, okay, hey, go buy shit without giving the actual stuff that I think that's really is worth more, like the loan forgiveness. That, that'd be awesome if they actually gave that to, like, people like healthcare workers and stuff that forgave their loans or, you know, more hazard right. pay or anything like that. Uh, just, you know, 1200 And some people, you know, in California, 1200 bucks is nothing in comparison right. to if you lived in, like, I don't even know, like Ohio or Minnesota or in whatever right. uh, low cost of living Georgia and places like that. That's like almost a couple, maybe like to some two months worth of uh, funds. California, maybe six days. Yeah, and and it's the exact same thing where they put no thought into it and they just passed the, the basically the first stimulus as a second stimulus and gave a little bit more money for kids. But yeah, on a state-to-state basis, they just hooked up, like like you said, Ohio and California just got screwed again. So there's no thought going into this. They're, they're just pushing for votes, and they're paid off by the big companies in the pockets. So nothing to do be you, surprised about. Do you think when they actually put that to, like, a vote, the people, okay, we're going to vote on if we want to uh, make, you know, we're going to eliminate all these school loans for all the you know healthcare workers and then well, republicans i know for a fact republicans shot the school loan like instantly it didn't even th- get to the door like like it was like hey school loans boom denied you think they basically like just was- kind of went like oh yeah right. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah probably even more evil than that laugh <laughs> Pro- probably yeah <laughs> but yeah they uh for sure uh yeah, they're not paying for people's people's school and stuff like that. I also think I read there was supposed to be some type of like rent forgiveness in that as well. Well, 
I that could have been another thing that got thing. shot down. No, I think that was actually a thing, but it's not rent forgiveness. It's it's basically you got pushed back your rent. So if you didn't pay your rent like on up to three months, you didn't have to pay the first three months, but you're expected to pay it back at the end of the year, which was how it was explained to me or how I read it. So I think that was a thing. That was initially the first go around. Uh, I think particularly in the second stimulus package or the second t type of benefits they're trying to pass, they were actually trying to give like rent forgiveness to the point where like you don't have to pay rent. Essentially, the money in that was actually going to go towards actually paying people's rent. So they wouldn't have to be on the hook for those like two or three months of rent. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that I don't think that one went through because I didn't hear about that when I was reading the stuff that did get passed. But that would have been cool for some people, but I doubt it because that's helping out the middle to lower class. And who wants to help out the middle to lower cast? <laughs> I'm like, what middle lower class? No, we're all about the you know millionaires. Save them, right? Right? Because that's basically what's going on. Again, like they, they put trillions into the stock market so it doesn't crash. They put billions into uh, saving these companies that don't need saving. Who knows if the bankers going to get more money, just like 2008. So it's, it's just ridiculous how we're just giving the money. And But what's really ridiculous is we keep putting these people in charge. So can you be mad at them? We're the ones that put them there. True. And you wonder the timing of it, too. The timing of actually trying to get the stimulus package out with more money into you know the American people. Uh, the fact that everything is starting to open back up now slowly uh but a lot of places have been opened up like georgia and texas are opening up uh, i remember seeing a map and i don't know if it's true or if it has any um or how, how true this is or any facts to it though but the only states that have not opened up today is illinois new york and california all the other states are open to a certain capacity right yeah uh, they're all opened up. I was I read an article the other day that how um, Texas and Georgia, um, their cases of the COVID nineteen are going up, and I don't I'm not sure like what percentage it went up, but they're also saying it could have went up because they're testing more. So I don't. We'll have to wait and see how this turns out. But as things open up, I I think uh, we're gonna see more COVID cases. I think that's a given. The fact that they're actually stating, you know, oh, we have more cases because we're testing more. I mean, that kind of maybe a tinfoil hat type of thing in me when that goes on, thinking, no, that's a cover up to say, you know, because they opened it up, they don't want to admit that they did it too quickly or they didn't do it. Right. They didn't follow the right steps or the right guidelines. And it just said, no, let's, you know, get everything back opened up. And now, you know, they're paying a consequence for it and they don't want, they well, don't want to take blame for it. So they're all like, Oh, it's because, you know, we didn't test, you know, Sabri last week. So we didn't know he had it. We tested him today. All of a sudden he had it. He got that shit before we opened up. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So no one wants to take the blame for this thing. And I could see Trump telling like, well, I, cause he pretty much put it on all the governors to do it state by state. So I could see him like saying, well, I left the responsibility up to the governors. And then if things open up and everything goes well, I could see him saying, well, I told you so. Disinfectant, Lysol, I told you so. <laughs> like, So I could, I could see it going both ways. No one wants to blame. Everyone wants the glory. There's an election trying to come up. And 
you know, a lot's probably depending on how this turns out. The other I think it's actually thing, a good a good move though that he actually put that in the hands of all the governors and stuff instead of him calling the shots. I actually think that was the smarter move to do. Well, yeah, because he makes boneheaded decisions. But the issue with that is because he makes boneheaded decisions, you're counting on these boneheaded governors to make the right decisions. So not every governor is making good decisions out there, but, you know, I'm okay with what the guy in California is doing, but not a lot, not a lot of people are happy with uh, the Governor Newsom in California, but I'm okay with them. Although they're a little bit happier now because he opened up the beaches. Yeah, dude, there was no <laughs> riots in uh, Orange County. How could you riot when they're at the beaches <laughs> getting tans? So you got to do, man. We had pitchforks and everything. Like we were ready to go to town until they said, oh, "Okay, you can go to the beach." And like, oh, we love Governor Newsom now. <laughs> they, they dropped their pitchforks for uh, for surfboards. That's exactly what we did. Yeah, like, all right, cool. Uh, yeah, the beaches have opened up. Um, I saw many posts on social media of people actually going to the beach this past weekend. It wasn't necessarily like a beach weekend. It, it was a little bit more cooler. Uh, this weekend than it was the last couple of weekends where it was like really hot like up to the upwards of 80s and even in some cases to the 90s I think it was kind of like upper 70s so people went but it wasn't like spring break status and right. from the pictures that I saw people were you know social distancing there was a pretty good six feet apart from each other it wasn't super crazy so well, I yeah, think. they knew they knew what Daddy Newsom did last time. They got they didn't obey his rules. He took away the beaches. Yep, I was just gonna say maybe yeah. They're like, oh shit, but we better actually follow orders now, or else we're gonna get, get it taken away again, and don't want to end up, you know, not having our beaches. <laughs> I could see uh, Governor Newsom sitting in his office like, yeah, call me Daddy. Who's your Daddy? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's hilarious, dude. I got an interesting story for you that I read about. Uh, so they opened things up in Riverside and uh, the bars and stuff and bars were opening up. So this one guy, one dude, it only takes one, decides that, oh, bars are open up. I'm going to go to every bar. I'm going to bar hop. <laughs> it turned out that one guy had uh, COVID and it, there, was a, there was a small peak in Riverside because that one dude went to every freaking bar and just bar hopped and gave it to a bunch of people in the bar and stuff. So oh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So all those people thinking that it can't happen, it can happen. So you got to still be careful, be safe, respect others. Cause if you don't, and you're like this one guy, you're just going to spread that shit. And we're going to go back to square one. That's really kind of your worst case scenario too, especially at bars and stuff like that. Because think about it, man. The more you drink, how conscious are you going to be to, like, social distance? Like, the more drinks I'm having, I'm just going to be the guy that puts the arm around the other guy. Be like, I love you, man. You know what? You're, I love you, man. You know, just that type yeah. of guy. And I like, love you. You don't have COVID, <laughs> right? Of course yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah. Who who drinking a Budweiser would have uh, COVID? Only those Corona fools <laughs> have coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. I even wonder, like, yeah, that people... You know, I think you even brought up like how many people who actually thought the coronavirus were actually given to you by Coronas, the beers. 
Can you imagine when people open up back up, they ask you, what do you want to drink? You're like, oh, none of that Corona shit. <laughs> Actually, like, how many people are still the same way? And, like, if they see somebody drinking a Corona at the bar, they're going to be like, there he is, Gim. <laughs> that dude's drinking a Corona. He must have it. Yeah, like, kick him out. <laughs> Quick. He didn't put uh, a lime in it either. That's what kills the virus. Get him. <laughs> Get him, Ted. Get him. Oh, man. I can just I don't know why I picture two hillbillies <laughs> fighting over that. I don't know why it was that, but that's who I pictured when he said it. I pictured you. Get him, Bob. Come yes, on, we're Bob. on the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Second day time out. Woo, <laughs> doggies. We got him. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> doggy. Get him, Judd. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, so that was an interesting story. Like, small peak happened because of one dude, so. Imagine if it's a hundred people doing it or whatever. So, what was the movie? And I know we mentioned about this when the last one of the podcasts that we did, as far as our top five movies for quarantine. You watched one particular movie with, I think, it was Grant Paltrow, right? Oh, uh, Contagion. Was, Contagion, yeah. And it was all about the dude who was uh, the chef or whatever chef or butcher or something in the back. He was yeah, and it washed his hands. Yeah, what was he doing? He was cutting up like a fish head or something like that. Yeah, so it was like a bat. And then he bat ate the fruit. The fruit dropped in the pig's sty. The pig the pig ate the fruit. And then uh, right when the pig ate the fruit, the the chef went out to slaughter the pig to make the food. And then Gwyneth Paltrow, um, I guess she she enjoyed the meal and wanted to speak to the chef. And the chef, instead of washing his hands, just wiped it on the apron, shook her hand, and boom, she flew to the U.S. Pandemic. And that was As, just a movie. Yeah, but that totally can easily happen, which that's what's scary. Well, it did about. happen, and it is scary because we're in it right now. Well, I guess you could say it can still happen because it's just a taking point with the guy that went bar hopping, right? If he had it, you know, imagine how many people that don't oh, even yeah. know that they had it actually has it. And yep. they just announced, and they just announced yesterday too that you know. Even though it's supposed to be that we're supposed to have to stay in home order well past in July or like even August for this matter for California, you know, if things are starting to slowly open up, they allow dining restaurants to have their patio open now. So now people will be able to okay. eat eat outside at least. Yeah. And I get well, I'm the sure idea it's gonna be like it. ten feet apart and all this crazy stuff. So For sure there's also distancing and all that aspect of it. And I can kinda of see the timing. So they're trying to be somewhat scientific about it as well as trying to appease the people who actually want to open up the just you know get back to normal uh even yeah. going back to the thing that trump said when he sounded like a really fucking idiot but it was just a person he was just a person trying to give ideas to the topic of how to cure COVID 19. it's the right. same speech where he was talking about you know maybe trying to do some type of testing with bleach uh, <laughs> or just some type oh, of like uh, disinfected you even Sorry, yeah. you even made me think of what recently he said. Have you? Did you hear of this? I think well, he called it the the warp speed initiative or something. Okay. Oh, oh my okay. god. Okay. Like, before dude, he... before we get to that, <laughs> so okay. stay, remember that topic though. But and that the one that I'm referring to, he was talking about how the sun kills uh, COVID nineteen or the virus doesn't last very long in the sun. Right. So, the UV mm. rays and stuff. Yeah, so my thought process, at least for California and why they opened up the patio is because it's getting close to summertime and we're having a lot more, you know, warmer days ahead of us. 
where it's going to be closer to the 80s and 90s. I think what they're thinking of is that, you know, at least having open outside, even if the virus happens to be spreading around, uh, if it lands on the surface or something like that, because it's in direct sunlight most of the time, that it will almost die instantly. Uh huh. And, and I'm thinking that's a pretty fucking big risk to take. Right. So I'm skeptical on that. I'm excited because I actually miss going out to eat. Not at the point yeah. where I really want to risk getting Corona for. So I'm like on the fence about it. I understand the scientific side of it and it kind of makes sense. But at the same point, I'm not going to be the one to be the first person to be the guinea pig to sit down and see if it actually is true. <laughs> well, now he's pushing because you know how you mentioned the UV and the disinfectant. He's I'm going to butcher the word, um, the chlorhexidine. Or, well, he's, oh, yeah. He's I, pushing I, he's, this medicine and he's pushing it crazy when there's no proof behind it. He said he's been and, on it for a couple of weeks or something, didn't he? And I'm I'm curious, like, if he's backing this, because you know, you know, there's like these rich fools backing one specific vaccine or medicine, trying to get it passed so they can make billions or trillions of dollars off of this. And I'm curious, like, is he pushing something because he's he stands to make a fortune off of it? So it's sad that that a good majority of people can't trust this guy. And I think that's an issue we have right now. It's like, dude, you can't trust our own president. And I, I wonder if it's going to be like this in the future where you, where half the nation just doesn't trust the guy we put in charge. Cause right now I feel like we don't trust him. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking like that too. They don't trust him. I, I don't trust him with my life. I can't say I trust right. him. At all, like I have him, to kind of trust him because he's our president. I don't really have a choice in the matter, as you know, the rest of us. But yeah, yeah but there's a difference between not having a choice and trusting him. I'm curious, like, if they push this vaccine, are they going to try to make it mandatory? Because I'm in the health field, and to be honest, I don't think I'm going to take it. Like, I don't know how. Like, he's and this kind of leads to the warp speed initiative. He he's trying to get this vaccine pushed out by the end of the year and it's like dude like in my head i'm like how could you do that do they already have one and they're just biding time to make money off of it because if you if you push it by the end of the year i question if it was tested properly i'm not going to take a vaccine that i don't think was tested properly i'm not going to tell people to take it or our, um, my loved ones are even random strangers. I'm not going to tell them to take something. So now it makes me think, do they already have one created? Which goes back to the conspiracy theory of this was man-made and people are going to make fortunes off of it? Or is, he, or is this fool going to actually rush this vaccine out there just so he could get reelected? And who names it the warp speed? Isn't that the Star Trek thing? Warp speed ahead? Or is that Star yeah. Wars? No, that's Star Trek, right? It worked for Elon Musk, you know. Hey, maybe it works for Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, like he, he sold a million cars saying ludicrous speed. Maybe if I call this vaccine warp speed, everybody would take it. You know, peace to the nerds. Yeah, but it's like, it's like, dude, come on. Like, I don't know. All to try to save the economy. And that's the other crazy thing, which tells me, like, I can't even, I know you can't predict the stock market, but he said this on Friday. 
Monday the stock market went up a thousand points because he said the warp speed initiative that he was going to have some theoretic vaccine ready by the end of the year, which we don't know if it is or it is not, but there it goes. President talks, people put faith in him and invest money. And so I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm not taking the vaccine if that comes out. I think a lot of people where they talked about it though, I, I briefly looked up the DMZ article that I was reading where he said that he was doing this or he, he's been on this drug for at least like a week now from what he said he claims. The thing people were talking about it was the fact that he said, you know, I think he was suggesting people to take it. And his quote was, what do you got to lose? <laughs> Type of thing like, yeah, yeah you know, it, it, may, it may work and it may not, you know, but what do you got to lose? It's not going to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, but then it's gonna. You know what's funny? It's gonna be one of those. Uh, when the vaccine comes out, it's gonna be like one of those um, infomercials. Infomercials. Um, to if you have the COVID nineteen, take the warp speed vaccine. But side effects may include migraines, loss of appetite, loss of loss of thirst, and it's like a huge list where there's more negative stuff than positive stuff. It's yeah. like your hair Inter- will fall out. <laughs> Internal bleeding, diarrhea. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You will shit for two weeks, and when you're done shitting, you will pee for another week. Yep. Yeah. It's it's going to be ridiculous. I don't know. Right after that infomercial. Yeah. What was that? I mean, right after that infomercial, you're going to have the guys like the attorney come on afterwards. Yeah, the attorney come right after. Like, if you've been tricked in order to get to the. (laughs) (laughs) If you're feeling these side effects. Yeah. Uh, please call Larry H. Parker. He'll fight right. for you. Yep. Hey, we just gave Larry H. Parker a plug. You're welcome. <laughs> Expect a check in the mail, Larry. <laughs> I know, Larry. Come on. Yeah. Hook two brothers up. <laughs> <laughs> What's even funny, though, because after the article that stated uh, what he said, like, what do you got to lose, you know, after that a bunch of medical field people were like well because of that and this is the actual side effects of that you know includes mild problems of like nausea and also a couple of doctors said that there's risk risk of stroke or heart issues so that's a pretty yeah. big uh yeah caveat where you go what do you have to lose your heart yeah your soul like, like you don't need your heart like you, you know pick the like the lesser two evils you want to not be able to breathe for a couple of weeks or you just want to have a heart attack you know Pick and choose. <laughs> uh, yep, pretty much. Another topic, uh, James, about this week. Well, the past going weeks, you know, I'm a big Bulls fan, but have you been watching The Last Dance? Come on, dude. Have I been watching The Last Dance? Have I been watching The Last Dance? Come on. Can't believe you're asking me that. And now, the fools from Two Fools Save the World, introducing the fastest nerd I know. He's fast on his feet and quick with his fingers. And also introducing the second fool from Two Fools Podcast. He loves tacos and fantasy football. Okay, just for a little clarification, we worked for probably a good hour on that prior, <laughs> just that little thing, and 
I still get chills with that because that's <laughs> it's so fucking awesome that we found this freaking little like voice mod thing and everything. Oh god, that was cool. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to hear it because all I hear is my voice, so it sounds lame as shit. But I'm excited to hear that. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And if no one enjoyed it, I hope just I enjoyed it. Because who cares about you guys right now? If not, who cares? I think it's fucking awesome. So it's awesome. Uh, but yes, Dude, I have before... been watching The Last Dance. <laughs> hey, before we get into you remember when I got married um, and I and we walked down the aisle to this music? True story. Where Sabri yeah. and his wife did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that I only won two things in my wedding, and and getting to walk down um, the hall in the Bulls intro music was one of the things I won. So I'm proud of this song, and it hypes me up every time. So I know we mentioned in previous podcasts, Sabre's a big 49er fan, but I don't think we kind of emphasize just how big of a Chicago Bulls fan he is. Like he is a legit like Chicago Bulls like yep yeah, fan. I'm a big Bulls fan. I was there. I know it's easy to say with the whole Jordan stuff, but I was there when we sucked balls too. So I cheer for him, and I guess we suck now too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. So I'm not really, but I I'm still a Bulls fan. I'm just waiting for them to to do something. But and growing up as a kid, yeah, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I was gonna say when our best player is Zach Levine, there's nothing really to cheer about. But ooh, all right, ooh, yeah. I mean, growing up as a kid, I had I owned three basketball jerseys. I actually really enjoyed basketball. When growing up, I wanted to be a basketball player. It quickly changed right right away. You know, I could shoot a ball really good, couldn't dribble worth a damn. <laughs> but I had I had I actually had a legit amazing jump shot, and like I had a, a hoop in my backyard that I played all the time. But I, I had three jerseys, uh, four actually uh, technically well four later on. But like in high school, I had three. One was Akeem Olajuwon. Uh-huh. The other one was Clyde Drexler. Yeah, I remember that. And then the third was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. How could you yeah. not have a Michael Jordan jersey? Dude, I think I that, had a Michael Jordan as a kid, and I wore it till the letters fell off. <laughs> I think actually the Jordan one. I used to wear it almost every Friday at school, uh, just because. I wouldn't necessarily say I, I did it because I was such a big fan of his. I did it because red pretty much goes through everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't don't tell that to the Crips. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? But we used to, oh, like, man. I remember when we were, did cross-country and uh, track and field and whatnot, Friday would kind of be like a cross-training day, and a lot of times we played basketball. And because I had a really good jump shot, I would actually wear the Jordan jersey and, like, you know, sink shots and stuff and just be like, Jordan, and sink a shot. So funny story before we get into it, since you brought it up, I had this really nice red Dennis Rodman jersey. And um, I grew up in um, a Crip neighborhood, but I didn't know any better. I was younger, you know. I was in, like, junior high. And to play basketball with my friends on this one street for the first time, I went and wearing my Rodman jersey, and I didn't know it was a Crip street. So I get there, we're playing basketball, and three gangsters walk up to me, and they were like, who's your friend? And they were like, oh, this is so-and-so. He's like, well, you need to tell your friend. He got one minute to get off our block and my friend looks at me and he's like dude they're serious you never seen a kid run so fast to get off that block but as dumb as i was i show up in like five minutes i change my jersey i come back with a different color and yeah they were i don't know i look back at that moment i was like ah they were pretty nice for being gangsters they gave me some time to get off the block (laughs) (laughs) nice gangsters whatnot well 
I mean, it was kind of hiding her turf, I guess. I don't know. Are we really defending gangsters? But yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it, I don't know. It was a childhood story. I think it was more because of the guy whose house I was at. It was probably more respect to that guy. But yeah, I think it beat up. I got to play basketball. It was decent. But I was Gangster. wearing the Bulls jersey. That's my point. Gangsters are people, too. <laughs> Gangsters are people, too. But yeah, so let's get into the, the last dance. What did you think? Well, we're not talking about the batch or anything like that. The last dance itself. It, it was great. So three things I found out the last dance, or maybe four things. Four things that I learned. One, Bulls management fucking sucked. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like even the first couple of episodes, just hearing about, you know, the GM oh, yeah, and everything like that. Crazy. Uh, two, Scotty Pippen's wearing a paid. And I had uh-huh. no idea about that, even as a kid. Uh, three, Jordan's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of maybe knew knew about that a little bit though, but just the way they kind of painted it, and I think they really portrayed it almost in a negative way. But I don't think it was in a negative way. Well, you know, Jordan got to approve everything before it even went out, right? So yeah. So Jordan everything was okay that was everything that was said wasn't like news or like, oh my god, that, that was never been like said before. It's all been out there, but I had never been organized and told as a story like i think episode after episode episode episode. oh yeah so like, like a lot of people knew about it like i didn't i like i didn't know like i didn't know his father got murdered and i'm sure a lot of people did know that but i didn't know that was the reason like he kind of oh, put yeah, basketball yeah. so i learned stuff about that um but yeah the third thing then the fourth thing i learned dennis robin is dennis robin <laughs> he's exactly <laughs> who i thought he was <laughs> so <laughs> no surprise there i saw that episode i'm all like yep <laughs> so, that episode yeah, so- didn't disappoint yeah, so I thought it was freaking amazing. Um, I pretty much knew every... I wasn't surprised by anything, I don't think. It brought up old memories and flashbacks, like just how Jordan was and his dad dying, like everything I knew. But you don't think about that stuff because it's not us. So you forget about it. But just everything that happened, it made me relive like my... I don't know, what was that? Fourth grade to junior high to I think ninth grade years and just basketball and watching it and just how good he was and the shot i found one thing i did find interesting that the very first episode he mentions the cocaine circus i was like "Ooh, he just put everybody on that team on blast those dudes have wives and kids and they're watching this show because i guarantee like these lower players who are just role players didn't get any say in this so so when he says um calls it the cocaine circus i picture like the some crap player from that team sitting next to his wife and was like you didn't do cocaine did you honey oh no not me that was the other guys i was with michael jordan practicing while they were doing cocaine it was like dude all those people had to answer probably questions because he put them on blast about the cocaine circus that That's, was kind of crazy. You, I mean, I heard about that. I was like, oh damn! I mean, it was that was like in the eighties, right? Or was it even? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the eighties. Yeah, so that around that, I think that's a lot more. You know, it was done a lot more. So that wasn't necessarily a surprise to me. Actually, it was kind of more of a surprise hearing Jordan didn't partake in any of that. I mean, you don't really hear any like athlete that said I did not try that or I did not do that. But he was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> that would have <laughs> yeah. been pretty funny. Yeah, you know, uh, you're yeah. like, or just to hear, like, you know, I tried it, but, you know, then I got in the straight path and straight and narrow or anything like that. So, 
Yeah, yeah. it's crazy how good he was as a, a rookie and the respect he demanded and how um the Nike thing I that's probably the one thing I did not know about was the how the Nike shoes and how he became um, the spokesperson for Nike. That was probably the one thing I truly didn't know about. Because what was the shoe he? Everyone was wearing Adidas at the time, right? Yeah. Ray Bird. Yep. Yeah, they were they were wearing Adidas, and then he was like, "Oh, if I can't have Adidas, I want Reebok," and Reebok didn't want him. And then, oh no, it was Converse. Converse was the main shoe, and he wanted to be Adidas, and Adidas was like, "No, we're going to go a different way." And then the genius. Boy, Adidas of fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, they all messed up. They should have jumped on Jordan. Dude, are you kidding? You'd be wearing Air Converse's right now. You wouldn't even yeah. be wearing uh, Nike. Nike would be a running shoe still. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt I, that was really interesting on how that whole thing happened. And they forced him. His mom and his agent forced him to go to the Nike interview. And they made a whole came, campaign around him. I thought that was pretty cool. They basically gave an like, offer that Air he couldn't Jordan refuse. Started. Yeah. And like the offer that they made him was like almost twice as much as uh athlete received. Oh for yeah. Like, for like and any shoe contract. So he'd be dumb not to on, take it. Yeah, whoever was on Nike's part, dude, they're geniuses to uh to get that deal done. Like yeah, even that rookie year they made a they made a card, like a Nike card of him jumping from the free throw line dunking. And that's where they got the logo from. Was him dunking from the free throw line, but it was like a, a Nike ad. It wasn't like anything basketball related. It was from the Nike commercials and stuff. Right, and it is funny, kind of like when he talked about Nike primarily being like a running shoe company at the time. Like it, it was started off of like the back ends of like three runners, you know, Steve Fontaine and a couple uh-huh. of or, or Oregon track stars. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it was pri- it was primarily you know known as a running shoe company. And now well, it was they created kind of by basketball. the Oregon track coach, right? This is right yep. up your alley. Yep, Oregon track coach of Bill Barrowman. He literally created uh, Nike off of a waffle iron. Uh, yep. The shoes that is the he primarily he made everybody's shoes his running shoes uh, because of weight, and so he actually ended up making like a nine ounce shoe out of a waffle iron because uh, he liked the way the design was for the rubber, like having like a rubber sole for like track spikes. And he used to make all of his runners use them, which they hated him. They actually wanted to run in Adidas, which was funny. Uh, but he used to make okay. all of his runners wear his uh, shoes. And they used to always fall apart every time. But he named it initially Nike because of the, Nike is the goddess of victory. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. I know Kobe died and everything, but I think they paid a small tribute to Kobe. How they kind of brought him up in the All-Star game where they were like, hey, that kid. And they're like, who, that Laker kid? You're like, yeah, yeah he, he went 0 for 5. And Jordan was like, he ain't getting the ball from me again unless he's getting his rebound. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was talking hilarious. About. And it's it, true. It's, like, that's the way he played. It's true. Oh, yeah. Dude, 100%. But it also shows you, like, no matter how great you are, you always start at the bottom. Like, Kobe, was as great as he was, was, like, not even considered on the, anything to Jordan, you know? And those right. are all stars. Yeah, his first couple of years, like he he had a bunch of air balls and things like that. Yeah, Jordan was real. Like he made it a major impact the second he entered the league and the second he started playing with the Bulls. Oh yeah. Well, 
Kobe, Kobe probably could have done the not as good as Jordan because the Lakers were a better team. But Kobe was sat by Del Harris. Like Del Harris didn't start him or play him right away. But then there was Eddie Jones on the team, and they they had some talent. So you can't blame Del Harris. But yeah, Kobe didn't really get the shot until I think two or three years down the road, and then he started playing a lot more and starting and stuff. But yeah, I thought it was just interesting, like how Jordan and Kobe like would view them and stuff at the beginning, but. Jordan was quoted to saying, they asked him, could anybody beat you one-on-one? And Jordan was like, nope. And he was like, well, maybe that Kobe kid because he steals all my moves. Yep. <laughs> like Kobe literally mimicked Jordan's whole game. Like it's like watching Jordan play like as another person. Like that's how good Jordan or Kobe mimicked Jordan's game. Oh, dude, they, used to, they had commercials that literally had frame by frame where they – Merged in a particular play that Kobe did, and merged in a particular play that Jordan did, and they played it like regular speed, and like they morphed Jordan into Kobe. It's crazy. It's like almost the exact oh, movements, yeah. mannerisms, the way he like you know flicked the ball off his hand, and it was practically identical. I'm all like, holy dude, crap! And it yeah, was really I've well done. That, I forgot dude. what that. Yeah, it was like perfect perfection of like copying someone. Yeah. And I don't see that as a bad thing. I, th- I see that as a, the ultimate oh, form no, of no, like, flat- like f- flattering type of thing, you know? And oh, yeah. Re- like, respect. like Kobe said, without Jordan, there is no Kobe. Like, Kobe mimicked his game perfect. Why not, you know? If if someone if someone makes a TV, other people try to make a better TV. Well, Jordan made a good basketball player. Why not make a better or try to copy him, right? Yeah, exactly. It's well, yeah, funny, I though, was... you mentioned Kobe. I mean, I know you want to go up to different parts, though, but yeah, a lot ahead. of, like, he mimicked Jordan in so many ways, but not just on the court, off the court as well. And it kind of goes into the part where I was talking about how Jordan was an asshole in the uh-huh. <laughs> you know, beginning of it, kind of like what I learned of just how much, like, and being an asshole, not necessarily saying he was being mean. It was more of a tough love mentality. He really pushed his teammates, and he pushed his team to be the best that they could be in order for them to win the championships that they did. Uh, Kobe yeah. had the same mentality, and he was. There's a lot of people out there that saying how much of a dick Kobe was to his teammates, and yeah, a well, lot of that I have a feeling is because of like how the way Michael Jordan handled himself on and off the court with his teammates. I don't know if Kobe got that from Jordan though, because Kobe. That has to be in you, I think. I don't think you could just pick that up. You it know, has to be reason. in you, but I do believe it's a sense of leadership, and they feel like, okay, that has to be that. In order in order to be the team that I want to be, in order to be a contender, in order to be a repeat-time NBA champion, I need to be this. It worked for this guy, this guy being Jordan. It worked for other people in the past. So uh, we need to be that. There could be some truth to that, but as an individual – they're striving for perfection, and in a team sport, uh, to accomplish their goal, the people next to you have to strive for perfection also. So when they don't see those people trying for perfection, then it upsets them, you know? And that's yeah. what makes them great. And at the end of the the last dance, they said line about Jordan where Jordan expected everyone to be perfect like him, but no one could ever reach his level because he was so good. And it's right. like, yeah, that seems like a true statement. Since we were talking off, not really about Bulls too much yet, dude, the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas, dude, Isaiah Thomas got reamed during this last dance. 
He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. And he this, always got this, a bad rap, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he was part of the bad boys, you know. Dennis Rodman was on the bad boys, Joe Dumars, Bill Lambeer. And, and it showed how tough they were in the 80s. They were badasses. They wanted to hurt you. But when they got swept by the Bulls, dethroned after they won two championships, and they walked off the court without shaking Jordan's hand, Isaiah got a bad rep. And I, I feel like Isaiah Thomas is taking all the bad stuff. Like, he wasn't the only one that did it. The other people did it. But because Isaiah Thomas was the captain of that team, he's getting right. all the, the shit. Well, I, I found that very interesting how how that was a main focus and how Jordan was still salty about it. Like Jordan was like, you could tell he's like, man, fuck that guy. He know he wanted to say it without like, necessarily saying guy. those words. Yeah, he really did say that. Yeah, right. I like even or even on uh, Isaiah Thomas's like half-ass apology or would you take him back? Jordan didn't even care what he said. Jordan already judged him before he heard what he said. He was just like, man. Well, he, he, didn't, he didn't take it back either, right? He pretty much stood by what he did. Uh, no, Isaiah, he gave a wishy-washy. He did. He, he didn't exactly say, like, yeah, I was wrong for doing this back in the day. He, he kind of stood by what he did, but I think he... He stood by in the moment, but he did say after seeing how everything played up, off, he would have changed but it was just kind of like, he didn't own it. He didn't, yeah. Because then, then he, he said, like, in the like then he said he, he, he like, would still walk off today, like he wouldn't have stayed and shook their hands? No, I think he said he would have, right? Or did he? I, I thought that I swore, it, like, it could have been, I, I might have to watch that over again, but. Yeah, uh, yeah I think yeah, one I thought of he the issues like was, um, he tried to blame it on Bill Lambeer. He was like, hey, Bill Lambeer said, don't uh, shake their hands when they sweep us or, or when we lose. Just Let's just go without shaking their hands. And it's like, dude, that made you look more like a coward. So you're going to do what Bill Lambeer says? It's like, dude, you're your own man. You're your own person. But, you know, you're caught up in the moment. You do stupid shit. So it happens. But I was just shocked how how um, after that episode played, uh, Isaiah Thomas got a lot of bad press for that all over again. He had to relive it all over again. A lot of so, people had to relive a bunch of shit all over again, which is kind of funny. Like Jordan, especially too. Uh, as we oh yeah. What, one other thing with the Isaiah Thomas thing, though, is that you know I did not realize, and I'm pretty sure it did have somewhat of an effect. But how he didn't get picked for the dream team? Oh yeah. Jordan swears up and down. You know, like it wasn't because of him, but like I know for a fact, or it was kind of like unspoken rule that if Isaiah Thomas was going to be on the dream team, Michael Jordan did not want to be a part of the dream team. So, how Jordan explained it, it was more like Jordan asked, who's on the Dream Team? Which everybody knew. Jordan did not like Isaiah Thomas. Like, if I don't like Dikembe Mutombo and you're throwing a party and you invite me to your party, is Dikembe Mutombo going to this party? And nah, nah, <laughs> don't worry about it. He won't be there. You'll have a good time, you know? Because right. you know if you say yes, it's like, well, I'm not going to your party then. One of those situations... But it's interesting because after all this Isaiah Thomas shit, a lot of news came out where Isaiah Thomas had issues with magic. Isaiah Thomas had issues with, who else was it? There was a couple others. But there was like a handful of people. It wasn't just Jordan. I find it most interesting. The coach, Chuck Daly, was the Pistons coach at the time of the Dream Team. Um, If you were supposedly great friends with Magic and Barkley and whoever... 
How come no one had your back saying like, "Hey, he should be on the team"? Bro, so yeah, I find no, that, that guy was hated team. by a lot of people. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, dude, they're the bad boy. They were trying to hurt people, and there's consequences for that shit. You know. You know. You know what's funny like, though? He, like he comes off what? as a nice guy. <laughs> Just if you see him, he seems very. Uh, you know, oh yeah, always mel- smiling, super yeah, like, respectful, super melancholy, you know, type of thing. Thing, and then I remember when I started like, I know I when I first heard Isaiah Thomas, and then I started listening to like some of the other things about the quote unquote bad boys in Detroit. I'm all like, I thought they were talking about somebody else. I'm like, that's not him. That guy's the nicest guy in the world. He's always polite and very like, what the fuck? He's like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. No, yeah. had no clue. So you know, they won two championships. They got the job done. Um, if that's how they had to win it, that's how they won it. But, you know, you're not on the dream team because of that. So just hearing what they said, it doesn't matter. Like, he was good enough to be on the dream team. So, yeah, his his relationship with some of those players is the reason why he's not, in my opinion. Right. I do think it was interesting, though, on in how they tried to they didn't like point it on Jordan though, but how they brought that up to say like, you know, yeah, Jordan was the reason behind it. Cause it, it kind of gave conspiracy theories and whatnot. They tried to address conspiracy theories is what they did. But in my mind, they kind of put it in my head like, oh no, he did that shit. <laughs> Just trying to think yeah. like, a, I wouldn't want that fucker to play on the dream team. So if, you know, yeah, get his ass out of here. Dude. While, while we're on the dream team, one of the, the funniest moments that I forgot about was how their uniforms were sponsored by Reebok. Yeah, and Jordan so I was, was like, that "Fuck that! I ain't showing a Reebok logo in front of the world." And he yeah. wore the American flag over it to cover it. I was like, "Dude, he is a genius!" I completely forgot about that moment. Yeah, because who the fuck is gonna be like, "Hey, take off that flag and show the logo"? Ain't nobody gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be like, right? take off the flag, especially during the gold medal ceremony when you're actually getting the gold medal. It's like you know, everybody applauding Jordan for being patriotic, and he just has a smile on his face. He's like, "I'm giving the big middle finger to Reebok right now." Yep. Yep. He he not only did he seem like an American uh patriot, he uh he basically said a big fuck you to Reebok. You don't wanna give me a shoe contract? Alright, I'll go to Nike. But I ain't wearing yeah. your shit. Yeah, I thought that that was awesome. Like I I, I kinda slowed clapped that I paused it and slow clapped. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Just like Good that. job, Jordan. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's freaking hilarious. So let's let's get into a little bit about the Bulls. He's probably your most favorite bull, but what do you think of Rodman at the during this whole time? <laughs> Rodman was the epitome of what I thought. And like you know, Rodman was Rodman. I I followed Dennis Rodman a little bit back in the days because he's the most like he was one of the most interesting characters, and I use the word character because I think that really describes Dennis Rodman. You know, him going off for like. He needs a vacation during like midway or right. Uh, I forgot exactly when he said he wanted a vacation, but he had to go take a break. And I think this is the point when like Scotty Pippen was out at the same time. Uh huh. So he said, No, you know, no, no. Know, Scotty Pippen, I believe, just got back. Did he just get back? Okay. But the fact yeah, that he's yeah, all yeah. like, I need a vacation. I need some time off. And everybody's like, The fuck are you talking about? These vacations. So he goes to Vegas parties. And initially, it was supposed to be he got a uh, what was it, forty-eight hour like leave where he can go, or twenty-four or something like that. He only had a certain yeah, yeah. Amount of he's time. got forty-eight hours. Phil yeah, Jackson and, gave him forty-eight hours. And then they did not see his ass for like what, like a, a week? Yeah, it was just about a week. <laughs> and Jordan was kind of like, yeah, forty-eight hours. Like we might never see this guy again. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's out partying, you know, he's out with Carmen Electra, who, Carmen Electra looked hot, by the way, but, you know. Dude, <laughs> so, just FYI, I only brought up uh, Dennis Rodman so we could talk about Carmen Electra. <laughs> so enough about Rodman. About. Yeah, Dude, yeah. <laughs> when I saw her, I was like, oh, shoot, that's why I was watching MTV all those years. <laughs> Like, man, she, yeah, she was smoking hot. You know what? She still didn't look bad. What is she, in her 40s now? She still looked pretty good. Yeah, I'm always thinking, like, damn, Dennis, you fucked up. You should have kept on that. (laughs) But that that story when she told where where Rodman was gone for, like, five or six days and Jordan showed up at the door and she had to hide behind the couch so no one saw her. I thought that was hilarious. Like that right. that was a priceless story that that I love to hear. It's those stories about that uh documentary that I thought I was told, pretty cool. I totally forgot they had to go get his ass. He didn't come back. He never yeah, so Jordan was right. He, like he ain't coming back. He literally had to go on a plane, fly to Las Vegas, pick his ass up. No, no, no. So that was uh that was not true. They never said he was in Las Vegas. So he was in Chicago when Jordan went to the door. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. They just made you Vegas. think he went to Vegas, but Rodman was still partying in Chicago at that point. Gotcha. Still yeah. the fact that he had to go pick his ass up, that's pretty Well, funny. yeah, it's pretty funny. And, all, and it's pretty funny because only, like, Jordan, someone, like, technically who's above Rodman, could get Rodman to show up to practice. <laughs> in that scene where Rodman shows up all hungover and shit, and Phil, Phil Jackson was ready to, like, tear into him and Jordan was like come on Phil just be happy we got him here (laughs) I thought that was hilarious that's what made me laugh too because the fact that you know Rodman was being Rodman would more or less and I think that's why he had so many problems with different teams like they actually understood what Dennis how Dennis Rodman worked in Chicago uh, even right. like uh, he had success with Detroit and whatnot too. I mean, they, he won two championships. Well, there. he he wasn't that bad in Detroit. He didn't really. It was when Detroit traded him to San Antonio. Right, San Antonio um, is when he really went crazy. He had that episode yeah. where he was in the parking lot with a gun. Right, um, but that was in Detroit. So a little small backstory on Rodman. Rodman had like psychological issues with abandonment, and that Detroit team, the Bad Boys. He really took in his family, but it's a business. So Detroit started getting rid of all the players that Rodman came in as a rookie with, and he felt abandoned. And at that point, he was just like, what the fuck? And, yeah, that's the parking lot scene that you saw or heard about. And then he went to the Spurs. But, yeah, he had had psychological issues, as we know about. But the best part about Rodman was – when he left the championship of the 97-98 year, the series is tied 2-2. The dude takes off to go to a wrestling with Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, what? who does that shit? You're in the champ. You're getting paid millions of dollars. And you leave and you don't show up to practice because you're wrestling. What's funny, I remember that night of WCW Nitro. It was WCW. I was remember the, the it too. I was to. like, what the fuck? Yeah, and he went and he uh, went out with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. They fought, I think, Diamond Dallas Page or something like that. But what's funny, though, because not like knowing it back then or I don't even think I was really watching. I, I wasn't a huge basketball fan, so I only really watched basketball when it was like close to like the finals uh, to watch either like the Jazz and Chicago play against each other or, you know, the, uh, when they get further in down to the series and the playoffs. Putting two and two together, 
Hulk Hogan even mentioned, you know, like missing practice and like doing things that Rodman wasn't supposed to do, literally saying it on camera. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and they, they played it in the documentary. The smoking cigars and shit. Yeah, and he, he referenced something about like missing practice or like this is worth missing practice for and everybody just kind of cracked up and laughed. And people think wrestling is script and they're like, oh, ha ha, fake. But you know, that was like true shit. They didn't script that. He missed practice for that shit. <laughs> that was a funny, hilarious. Yeah. I, I like, remember oh, as a kid watching it being like, oh, shit. He's supposed to be in the game. Like, what the hell is he doing at wrestling? He better not get hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing, too. But, you know, to Robin's credibility, or not credibility, but to, I guess to to tell you how he is about a, as an athlete, uh, to his credit, he went to that game and he, he brought it. He, he was Robin. He did oh, exactly yeah, what they needed. Sure. And before we move on from Rodman, I just want to point out his craft of rebounding. Did you hear him when he was talking? Like, if you want to be good at something, this is what makes the greats better than everybody else. Like, he said he would stand under the basket and watch Jordan shoot and Pippen shoot and Kuko shoot, and he would see how the balls released, how the spin was, and he could tell how they were shooting where the ball was going to go. Or, like, if Jordan's always short or Pippen's always long was studying his own team of how they shot the ball so he was able to get a rebound. And that's just what makes the greats better than everybody else. They perfect their craft. And when I heard him say that, I was like, holy shit, like that makes sense. Like you're scouting your own team because he's considered one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Not only rebounder, it's offensive too. He was a really good defensive player. Right, right. But I'm just trying to point out like how he said that in the last dance where he was watching his own team shoot so yeah. he would know where the ball's going to be before the think, other team did. And I feel Rodman kind of gets the least important Bulls player to some uh, people's eyes. Like, you have Scottie Pippen, who was the number two, and you have Michael Jordan, who was the scorer. And then you see yeah. Dennis Rodman. People just see him as, like, the character who, you know, fucked up a lot. Uh, that's why <laughs> I think more or less his popularity is. You know, uh, you don't really get talked about for being a rebounder or being a uh, defensive player you know you get talked about more if you're shooting baskets and making highlight reels nobody's making a highlight reel for getting a uh, a rebound or you know maybe a still but depending on how you finish that still on the other end but without rodman i don't think the bulls could have gone three championships oh, for sure no you're absolutely right about that and uh Rodman made the comment. Rodman goes, "Every remember the Gatorade commercial? Everyone wants to be like Mike. So Rodman made the comment. He goes, everyone wants to be like Mike. Well, Michael Jordan wants to be like Dennis Rodman. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And just to <laughs> give props out to Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I had Jordan, Pippen, Rodman jerseys. But when I was in ninth grade, I had a shirt of Dennis Rodman's head. I don't know if you remember it. I think I knew you back then. And um, his hair on my shirt would change colors depending on if I rubbed it. It would either be red, yellow, or green or something. I don't and remember that, but that sounds cool. I thought, I thought I was the coolest kid in school because I was wearing a Dennis Rodman shirt where his hair changed colors. And I was like, so I can't say I had a shirt like that for Jordan. But, yep, I was definitely rocking that Rodman shirt where his hair changed colors. <laughs> Jordan had so, no hair. It would be kind of hard. Yep. <laughs> yep. So everyone wants to be like Mike, but I had the Rodman shirt. So there you go, Rodman. You were you were popular. And then let's you brought up Pippen. Let's go straight into Pippen. Like I know you said the first thing you thought about him was he was underpaid. 
Yeah, soft spoken. Like so, the funny things that stood out about Scotty Pippen was the one of him not being paid a lot. Uh, I, I think a lot of people more or less knew that, but what was surprising was going into that final season and how he chose to get his surgery of, I believe, ankle surgery or foot surgery or anything like that, and how he prolonged it. And it was almost kind of like he did that as a, like a rebellious type of thing. To Oh, yeah, he um, absolutely did. Yeah, to sit, to sit down type of thing. And I know that put a lot of stress on Jordan to, you know, kind of boost up the team and everything. That surprised yeah. me. And another thing with Pippen that surprised me too, when the I think this was when Jordan was playing baseball, uh-huh. when he just like quit on the team. Yeah, uh, that was and you super know, surprising. The bad thing about so oh man Pippen, what are you doing? Pippen was like my favorite too. Like, he was up there with Jordan for me, but Pippen's whole thing was so that year Tony Kukoc made like. I don't know, 15 to 17. He made a lot of game-winning shots that specific year. So if you know Kukoc is making the shot or taking the shot, why are you going to be upset in the that moment that you're not getting the shot knowing that Kukoc has done it all year long? And the fact that they asked him, they asked him straight up, hey, would you do it all over again? He goes, yeah, I'd probably do it all over again and sit down. I'm like, why would you say that knowing he even made the shot? It's like, just lie. Lie and say, like, uh, I'd probably do it different. I'd probably pass him the ball. <laughs> that surprised me. I mean, it seemed almost like Pippen, like, when he was kind of selfish in that sense. And he wasn't thinking more of the team. He was kind of more or less thinking of himself in that sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. He wanted to be the man, but... I kind of felt uh-huh. bad for him. I felt bad in that situation because... A lot of I don't think that's something that people are going to let down, and that kind of tarnished him a little bit as far as him being a team player. And he even said that, and they, and they talked about that going into the next game. That, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's something he definitely regrets. And he was on a shit contract that eighteen mil for eight years or whatever. That was crap, but he signed it. And the Bulls, being the bull, the owner, the cheapskate that they are, you know, they don't reward you. For for being great, they expect you to live up to the contract. So, but interesting fact: Pippen actually got paid more than Jordan throughout the career, because once he left the Bulls, he got—I think he signed for like sixty something million with the Rockets. So Pippen, Pippen made a good amount of change. Once he left the Bulls, right? Once he left the Bulls, yeah. While he was on the Bulls, and chump change, he didn't make too much. But, he know, went to the Rockets and he also went to the Trailblazers too, didn't he? Well, he got traded to the Trailblazers from the Rockets because I guess right. Pippen didn't like playing with Barkley. So yeah. he got traded. The, the, Barkley, yeah. I think, got pissed because like, they were thinking they got Scottie Pippen, so Barkley was finally happy he was going to get maybe his one ring, and then it totally went, I think, Utah Jazz like, fucked him over again. <laughs> was it Utah? No, I think it was San Antonio. Was because it San Antonio? after the Bulls, okay. it was the San Antonio era. But yeah, San Antonio, so, I think won. Yeah, but I think the the Jazz is oh, who Utah eliminated him out. It yeah. could have been. Well, that year they had Barkley, Pippen, Hakeem, and Clyde. Right? They have four pretty good. Even though they were up there in age, they were still pretty good. Yeah, they had great players. That should have been the year that they won. They even had a really good shooting guard too. I think it was uh, Marion. I want to say. Um, John Marion. Mobley. Or no, no, no uh, Catino Mobley and Steve Francis. That was kind of the later years. So, I want to say, yeah, I don't Sean know who Marion it was, but. but yeah, it was a good team. And 
yeah, so that didn't pan out. But Pippen got paid, and I still think he's one of the best all-around small forwards that ever played the game. You're never going to see someone play that good defense and offense. Uh, he passed the ball. He was the first point forward pretty much, someone that tall and could dribble. So, yeah, Pippen was one of my favorite players growing up. But... He, he always has that where he was in Michael Jordan's shadow, though. And I don't think he ever had that. I don't think he minded. It didn't seem like he minded. Oh, I think he didn't. Well, necessarily. I, he probably didn't mind it doing that, though. But the amount of money that was getting paid, because at one point he was, it was Jordan, obviously, number one. Uh, right. He was definitely the number two. But you could probably arguably say that if Jordan in a certain area if, uh, era, if he wasn't with Bulls, Pippen would be the number one player in the league. He he definitely would have been up there, but I don't know if he would have been the best. Because Pippen good... wasn't really a true scorer. He was more an all-around player. I disagree. He scored pretty good, and he did that, though. No, but he, he, was... he, he could get you your 20 to 22 points, but Jordan, you know, it's proven Jordan scored like 60 points in the game, so Jordan could definitely score. Other than Jordan being an asshole, did you get anything else from it, or what did you think? I learned a lot of different things about Michael Jordan. It's funny. So some people that I know initially, they didn't like Michael Jordan. And I never really understood why. I never understood like why they didn't have a different uh, respect for him. There was one friend that I, uh, he was a coworker of mine actually, and he always told me how he disliked Jordan. And he grew an amount of respect for him based off of the speech that Jordan gave at Bobby Brown's memorial, which was a great speech if you haven't uh, oh, so you, looked at that speech. So you're, YouTube is that. his friend a Laker fan? He, yeah, he, he is a Laker fan, for sure. So that could have been maybe reason why. But even if you know if you're a Laker fan, you always got to have respect for like Michael Jordan. as like he's the greatest player that ever lived. Um, even when you have the Kobe Bryant versus Michael Jordan type of uh, arguments back and forth. Listening to a lot of the pod, uh, podcasts, okay, listen to the uh, documentary and whatnot. Uh, learning the fact that fed up with the game surprised me. Uh-huh. So that, that yeah, was a That actually big, surprised like, me too, like how... You, no one ever thinks how demanding it is to win three championships. The end of each championship of the third title, he was like drained. Like he didn't want any more. Yeah. And I appreciated the way they kind of, you know, uh, told that story and how they put it in his eyes. Because nobody really thinks of like, how can they put them their shoes or how can they fill the shoes of Michael Jordan? And so nobody right. really knows what that is because there's not another Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant was the closest because he copied MJ in, all, in any way you could possibly think of. Um, uh-huh. And Kobe Bryant was a great player too. Uh, he was. Just like, yeah, so coming in from like Jordan, just like seeing how exhausted he was and just like the stress that everything was and how everybody was like gunning for him. That book that they came out, you know, Jordan Rules, uh, I think that was the name of the book. That uh-huh. talked basically about how much of an asshole he was, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like how like former teammates kind of ganged up on him and how, you know, that kind of tarnished him a little bit. And then the fact that how they kept ridiculing him for like, you know, a quote unquote gambling problem that he had that wasn't really a problem. Oh, yeah. It was just he liked to gamble. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And it was, I think even in the documentary, they talked about, you know, he people were like, like he gambles like tens of thousands of dollars. And they're all like, bro, like it's Michael Jordan. $10,000 bet is like, you know, five bucks for you. <laughs> so I was all like, yeah, that's true. And just everybody was like gunning for him. And that's the picture that it painted. You know, you're on top of the mountain. You're the best player in the league. 
you know, everybody is like looking to you to like lead the team to a championship type of thing. And there's no really place to go, but everybody's trying to pull you down. They're trying to take you off that pedestal. And they're gunning for you to take you off the pedestal. Like either yep. by, like not necessarily on the basketball court, but off the court too. Uh, even they talked about the one uh, politician who was running that Jordan didn't endorse him and they gave him shit for that because he was an African-American yeah. politician. So they yeah. think you're an African-American basketball player, you should automatically support me because we're both African-American, which I think is still the bullshit. You know, support right. who you want to support, not because of the color of your skin. So well, the, and he was he was from his state and everything too, so it was more than just I guess right, right yeah more expected more context he, that's where that, that's but. where he made the famous comment Republicans buy shoes too yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kind of put his yeah he kind of put his foot in his mouth with that remark though but yeah that kind of had a little more fuel to the fire but it's one of those like frustration built uh, comments I think that remarks that he made that he kind of he took shit for they it. should make a special Republican shoe like of Jordan where it says Republicans buy shoes or Republicans bought this shoe or something like that. That'd Patriot. be pretty funny. And they <laughs> the would probably sell version. out too. Oh, they probably would. Like shit. I almost Trump, like, I, I could see I, Trump going up to the podium wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> That's magma on the side. <laughs> yep. I know, right? I remember the stories of Jordan fighting teammates. I even remember the story of him punching Steve Kerr. I remember hearing about it as a kid. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed they didn't talk about that in more detail. I love how they they did it, and it, and I've been on teammates and are in sports, and you get in fight with teammates, and maybe it grows into a respect, and that's yeah. how they made it seem like like Jordan looked at Steve Kerr as like this pushover. Steve Kerr fought for himself. Jordan clocked him. And Jordan was just like, oh, this kid has some fight to him. Okay, okay, maybe maybe I could trust him now. I love how Jordan fessed up to it. And he was like, here I go, punching the smallest guy on the team. Me being this big bad bully and shit. What have I come to? And I thought that was kind of cool. You could tell he regretted hitting Steve Kerr. Yeah, he acknowledged it and he did that, yeah. When Steve Kerr uh, made his speech when they won, like how he had to bail out Jordan again. I oh, that, that was, was a great speech. speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I forgot about that. But yeah, this was pretty much like the last dance. It was kind of like a documentary of the Bulls, basically about Jordan and how great he was. And I think it was pretty cool, kind of showing everything. And then it brought up like how the baseball, when his dad died, he played baseball. How he was. He... And I love how like owner, are these GMs were like, oh yeah, if Jordan would have kept playing. He would have made it to the majors. He would have been a pretty good baseball player. It's like, stop lying because he's Michael Jordan. He was 31 when he went to play baseball. By the time he would have been good, he would have been like 34. No one's bringing up a 34-year-old rookie to play on the team, you know? Unless you're trying to sell shit out. Exactly. I mean, he was Michael Jordan in that sense, so he has some pool with him. But, you know, the credit, the type of athlete that Michael Jordan was, of the fact how much he improved over the time when he started baseball. Like, they talk about his worth ethic, and I think that's kind of where they were more or less going to when they talked about his uh, baseball and everything. Uh, Oh, yeah. He was a hell of an athlete. His work ethic was there, but, dude, he's still 31. It's like, stop lying. Like, he's retired already. He's not going to take your job. Like, you guys are fine. But yeah, I agree. His work ethic was there no matter what he played. You could tell that was the type of guy he was. I guess let's finish it up with uh, Jerry Krause. Oh my gosh. This dude was like the villain. Um, You know who he reminded me of? 
And and I wonder because I put two and two together, the villain in Space Jam, I forgot his name from the planet. Oh, the one that Daniel DeVito played. Yeah, I was like, dude, that character <laughs> reminds me of Jerry Krause. And oh I was my like, god! I was like, dude, did Jordan hate him that much? Where he he said the the villain in this movie has to look like Jerry Krause because he was a small little fuck, wasn't he? Yeah, that's true. He was. Dude, when you get a chance after the podcast, do like a side by side of like. Oh, I don't even need to. I'm picturing her right now, dude. Yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, man, did they hate that guy that much? Where it was just like, let's make him the villain of Space Jam. So, Jerry Krause, how do you build something? And you got to give him credit for building the Bulls because he put that team together. How do you build this team? And they want to rip it apart before it even gets um, defeated. Like, it makes no sense to me at all. That team, you you help structure, you get the credit. But because you're not really getting the credit in the public's eye, you want to dismantle the team and try to rebuild and prove that it's because of you the Bulls are winning? See, it's like selfish. It's stuff like that that just ruins shit. And he basically ruined the dynasty. You say... Are people say like they wanted to won a seventh championship? How do we know? We'll never know because you dismantled that team before we can know. How do you how do you dismantle perfection and say oh they can they wanted to won next year? You don't know that because you you took away the team. It's funny and the I last love... episode they did Go uh, ahead. with the last episode that they did with Jordan and they talking about you know when they split the team up and when they asked Michael if you know they would give him the shot to come for the seventh, you know that was one of the things that that he regretted. He regrets not being able to go for that seventh. He even said like oh, yeah. they wouldn't. He even said you know well, they would want. He was like yeah probably not, but they said it wouldn't stop them from trying. So yeah, that and that I gives you a lot attitude. of like what ifs. And it's yeah. funny too because they like the owner Reinsdorf. He was like, why ask Phil Jackson to come back? So it seems like Phil Jackson just didn't want to piss anybody off by his answers. Phil Jackson had to win you six championships. First of all, he had to win you five championships to ask him back for the sixth championship, and you gave him a one-year deal. Then it takes him to win a sixth championship for you to ask him to come back at the seventh, and you'd even offer it until after they won the sixth championship. It's like, why would he come back? You know, yep. It it's like everyone like he's trying not to take the blame, or it seems like Reinsdorf even put the blame on Kraus. And Kraus is dead, by the way. He can't even defend himself. But it's like you're the owner. You could have done whatever you wanted with that team, and you decided to let Kraus break it up. Which they definitely painted it on Kraus. He wanted the team broken up, huh? Right. They definitely painted it on Kraus. They felt like they made Kraus to be the the bad guy, the villain, and the reason why there is no oh, yeah. seventh run. Definitely run. the Space Jam guy. Like when they were calling them names and shit. Dang, I almost felt bad for him when they were calling him short stuff or are you gonna dunk today and all that stuff. I was like, man, they're being mean to him. Yeah, it's like they broke up that team before you could even have a chance to know. And and the difference, the difference between how Phil Jackson answered. Phil Jackson's answer at that last episode was more of a mindset of like, ah, we probably wouldn't have won, mentally draining. He was more of a mental coach where everything was psychological and he had, like like technically he was there two two years longer than he was supposed to be 
because after five years they lose respect for the coach he said but it's like but they didn't lose respect they're still doing it so throw all that bullshit out the window and coach the seventh year where jordan's mentality is a player yeah i want to win until someone knocks me off phil jackson was let's leave on top let's not even worry about getting beat and jordan's like no i want to get beat someone has to beat me they gotta prove i'm done and I, I'm sure a lot of Chicago fans at the time wish they would have gone for a seventh because look how hard it is. They tried to uh, rebuild for like seven years with um, Jerry Krause and they couldn't even make the playoffs and he got fired. So be careful what you wish for because he got to rebuild his team and it was never even close to that good. Yeah, it's funny how they kind of left it in like a little bit of a cliffhanger. They kind of give you like the what ifs. What if they would have went for a seventh championship? What if Jordan would have came back? But even at the same time, though, like looking at that six seasons, it's how demanding and how much stress was involved with that and just how much Jordan was spent. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't even know. I would probably think a lot of it would be, I mean, ultimately, where I think he'd come back, yeah, I think they would, he would have come back, though. But there would have been a lot of it like, you know, dude, I'm just tired. I ended on a high note. And, Nobody, like, blamed him for, like, not coming back or anything. Like, it ended perfectly. Well, yeah, they put but, all the blame on Kraus. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it goes to the thing, like, when he ended up coming back to the, you know, Washington Wizards so many years up, you know, they more or less said that was a little bit more tarnished to the legacy of what is Michael Jordan, which I don't think it did, but it didn't have the uh, storybook ending that it did yeah. with that Game 7 against Utah. Yeah, that's true with the jump shot and all that. Yeah. A lot of modern players who play today watching this are saying LeBron James is the GOAT, not Michael Jordan. And one of the reasons they're saying LeBron James is the GOAT is because they're saying players today would never play with Michael Jordan. What do you think about that? It was a different game back then. In the 80s, it's a lot different than it was today in the 90s. Uh-huh. And I think back then you were – it was – Nobody looked bad on you for in order to send it out that tough love. Right. Today, and this is going to piss people off no matter what you're about, there's a lot of fucking piss sensitive off. people. Piss yeah, them lot, off. There's a lot of fucking snowflakes and very sensitive people out there that get offended by any little thing that you said. They need to fucking toughen the fuck up, man up, and just play fucking basketball. <laughs> so the fact that, you know, LeBron James is the greatest player today uh, that I believe in basketball. And he doesn't have the mentality necessarily that Jordan or even Kobe had in order to boost up your teammates in order to make them as good as you are to win championships. Case in point with Warriors in Cleveland. He was pretty much, he had to do everything himself and he took it upon himself. He lifted his team on his own shoulders and not getting, not doing the role of a necessary, he, he is a leader, but he doesn't necessarily play, I don't see him in a leadership type of role where he brings his team up to his level he's basically says get behind me guys i got this i'll get you there instead of okay guys we got to work together in order to get this going that's kind of like all their attitudes to be honest like the great ones like the great ones are like jump on my back i'll carry you i wouldn't hold that against him but here's my thing about that about the players saying they want to play on jordan's team and i couldn't agree with you 100 percent more you soft-ass little sissy girls, you say you would never play on Jordan's team? Well, I'm saying 90% of you couldn't play in the 80s or 90s. Like, because you guys are so soft, 
and cater to in a specific way where you guys are handed like by all these high school teams and and other teams just to, to on the path to the NBA where back then it wasn't like that. You had to play, you had to earn stuff. You had the bad boys fouling you and all that. There was no easy layups or dunks. There was no banana boat crew where, where after you guys uh, get knocked out of the playoffs, you go on vacation together. Nah, Magic and Bird didn't like each other. They wanted to beat each other. Jordan wanted to beat Isaiah. So I'm saying, like, all you young fools out there that think LeBron is better, I'm saying they can't. The players today, only a handful of them could play back then. And the talent level, yeah, they got talent. Everybody evolves and, and things grow as throughout the years. But there's only going to be one Jordan. And, and right now, Jordan is the greatest all time. LeBron, I guess he's in the conversation only because he's the best of this era. The fact is, he had to go to three different teams to chase rings where Jordan played on one team and they won it together. So, and I'm not saying Jordan couldn't play in the, or Jordan, I'm not saying LeBron couldn't play in the 80s or 90s because he's big enough where he could, but his mentality would have to get a lot tougher. He can't do any of that flopping shit where he did early in his career. Now, a lot of people forget about that. Oh, like, they would have ate LeBron alive. Oh, yeah. LeBron was a big flopper and a big crybaby. He is a crybaby today. Wee, wee, give me the ball. <laughs> wee, I'm a flop. Why can't I win a ring? I'm better than Jordan. Oh, my God. That's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I tried, I tried to do my part. <laughs> but, yeah, sound effects. now you know how I feel. And, and even saying, like, Kobe, Kobe... Kobe was closer to Jordan in his mental toughness than players today. Jordan or Kobe might be the last like truly mental tough uh, player out there that resembles that kind of attitude. Yep. But the players out there today, I'm not saying they wouldn't do good. Like I love watching Steph Curry play. He's exciting. He'd probably have to put on some weight for the eighties, but, but yeah, Yeah, it's a new game. And and this goes, this leads me to my next question. I know you wanted to say something, but I want you to answer: Is the Bulls the greatest team ever? This dynasty Bulls. From your opinion, you don't have to get all statistical. Great, definitely up there. I would argue the fact that Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics would be up there as well. Okay. I wouldn't really consider, even though Detroit won a couple of championships, I don't really consider them as part of the greatest dynasty team. They just beat their way to the top. The Lakers and the Magic Johnson era, great team. I don't believe they had the same type of camaraderie that the Bulls and or the Celtics had at the time. So it's a toss-up between the Celtics for me and the Bulls. So there's a handful. There's a handful of teams. I guess a 69 a... win Lakers with Magic yeah. and Kareem and all. That was a great team. That's probably the closest team. But if I had to say it, I would say the Bulls are the greatest team ever. I'll I'll answer your question like this, and this might get you a better answer with uh, a better a better answer from me without necessarily picking the team. I feel there are certain teams that I considered, like, as far as quote-unquote the greatest team, that could not beat that Bulls championship team. But at the other end, I feel that 
Chicago Bulls team is good enough to beat any other of the good championship teams. Okay. Okay. That that's a fair point. And it's hard to say because different generations. Like that Golden State Warrior team, I would say because how they were built, I would say the Bulls could beat them any day except if you play by today's rules. Because the Bulls were if if you remember watching the scores, the Bulls were scoring 70, 80, 90 points and winning. Now you almost have to score 120 points. If you Back don't make like the points today, defense. yeah, you're not winning. Right now you don't play any defense, so it'd be interesting because right now that you just shoot the three. Back then you play defense and score two points, you know? But in that defense for the Bulls, they would have just built their team differently. But if you're playing with the 90s rules – no team no team today could touch the Bulls. Well, the pace was a lot slower back then, too. It was more methodical. You had to have more or less more strategy behind it. And we're in today's right. age, it's just literally you dribble up and you shoot it from, like, 40 feet and, like, make it yep. in, which surprisingly they make it, which people is like that. And they do. Yeah, they toss it up. I almost think, like, it's a Hail Mary, but no, it's just a regular shot for them. Yep. But what's funny, like, in part of the Bulls, too, uh, there was, I think, Kerr, uh, Steve Kerr was the only one to make the shot, but they were doing almost, like, half-court shots. And like Jordan oh, would take yeah, a yeah. shot, and like Pippen would do a shot, and then Steve Kerr would make it, and he actually made the shot. And I forgot they said something to that, but I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and in, Kerr the, made in it, today's Jordan world, but yeah. then you watch like Steph Curry and Lillard, they do that's it on a normal yeah. basis. That's how he fucking warms up. It's crazy. So definitely a different, different <laughs> know, times. Right? To more to argue point about as far as being low score, I think because of that, because it was more of like a defensive type of game and more methodical with like the triangle offense and everything like that. There was a lot more thought, not to say they don't put thought into it today, but I feel like there was a lot more that you had to counter back then than you have to today. Whereas today you just basically say block the long three point shot. And then you take a majority of a person's offense out the way. (laughs) If I take away uh, Stephen Curry and everybody's three point uh, ability, and then what do you have? Uh-huh. You pretty much you pretty much beat the Golden State Warriors, right? Where if uh, Chicago at the time, you know, you take off Jordan, okay, you got to worry about Pittman. You, know, you take out Pittman, you got to worry about them, you know, passing in and Dennis Rodman or worry about Dennis Rodman getting the board and the rebound. Uh, you know, you got to worry about the triangle offense. You got to worry for Steve Kerr because he has a long shot. You got, you know, different things you have to worry about. And people had to prepare right. for that, prep for that. I just don't see that today. It's definitely interesting, but I stick by it. Bulls are the greatest, or that Bulls team is the greatest team ever. Um, doesn't matter if they don't have the best record or whatever. Greatest team, dynasty. And I think that's how we should end our podcast. What do you think? I do think it's a great end of podcasts. Uh, one other thing to mention, though, as you just said, like they have the best record, but they didn't. One of the things Jordan I always loved that he talked about was how he got pissed that certain people got the MVP over him, Barkley. And then I think uh, I forgot who else got it over Carl him. Malone. Carl Malone, yep. And he's like, you got that? All right, it's okay. It's cool. I'm going to get this ring, though. <laughs> yeah, I love that much. about him, and I love that competition with him. It's like, you're going to get that? It's okay. I'm going to get what really counts, even though he was yeah. pissed about that. And that, and that, that, that was the cool thing about it. Both years, Barkley won the MVP. Well, Jordan beat him in the championship and got the um, championship MVP, and Carl Malone got it. Well, Jordan beat Carl Malone in the championship and got the championship MVP. So even though they got the season MVP – Jordan still proved he was the best player on the court. Yep. I love that about him. I thought that was cool they added that. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> it's good to end the good time to end podcast. <laughs> I could talk about Jordan all night. <laughs> yeah, me too. With that, 
stay safe everybody and i hope you enjoyed the awesome sound effects be prepared for more and uh, we will chat with you again in the next episode take care everybody yeah be prepared for more stay safe have a good week <laughs> and see ya